Well, here we are. It's April. And starting this month is going to be a new series. I'm calling it We Are Not Flawed, an ADHD series about the things I wish people without ADHD knew and understood about having ADHD. Some of the experiences that will be shared in this series will be a mix of my own and others with ADHD and their own unique experiences. But in all honesty, it's going to be the same format, and having this as a series is really just my way of organizing my ADHD thoughts and putting them together in a way that makes sense. So, here we go. You're listening to ADHD Diversified, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, MJ, a Canadian-born Asian with ADHD. Here on ADHD Diversified, we're not just sharing stories, we're diversifying the voices, the experiences, and the way we share those stories. We know ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. But how we navigate with our ADHD, if it gets recognized at all, can be determined by our environments, upbringing, and culture, especially in underrepresented communities. It's not just about awareness, it's about opening the conversation and turning awareness into acceptance. Because no matter who we are or where we are from, we are all allowed to ADHD in the unique ways that we do. So if you have ADHD and you're wondering where you fit in, you're in the right place. Find out more on our website at ADHDdiversified.ca. Anyway, transitions are hard, so enough with the intro and let's jump in. Okay, ADHD friends, I've got a question for you. Can you recall a time when someone called you selfish? Whether it came from a parent or both your parents, or maybe from your spouse or your coworkers or your boss? What about a close friend? I've heard a lot from fellow ADHD friends that on many occasions, they've been called selfish, and I'm definitely no exception. Now, okay, look, there is some benefit to being selfish, I guess. Like, not in a mean-spirited or self-centered way. Here's my reframe. Say a special event has come up last minute, and let's also say that the same night of the day that you were informed, there's an event you really actually want to attend. But you're just about to finish a 12-hour shift, and oh boy, do pajamas and a date with the couch sound amazing. So you say no and apologize for not being able to make it because you know you'll be absolutely bagged and just want to relax. Now, is that selfish? Personally, I don't think so. I'd actually call that self-care. The other party, however, may view your choice as selfish. But honestly, what good would it do for you to show up when you've barely got any energy left for yourself? Wouldn't it be more of a disservice to pretend you're enjoying yourself and potentially end up being miserable and maybe be kind of a party pooper? I mean, okay, I'm speaking for myself, because I've definitely had to do this. There's some days, you know, pre-virus times, like I just haven't wanted to do anything by the time my workday was done. There was just no way I would fully enjoy a late night out after a super early morning and draining the crap out of my executive functions just to get through the day. And then my brain goes to a dilemma. So at least if I show up, I showed up, right? But then is it 
a lie if I show up saying I'm having fun, but really all I can think about are plushy blankets and cozy socks and a cup of tea? Or what if I say no, and then I go home and I feel bad for not showing up? Yet, in my reality, I'm actually really happy that others are out and about having a good time while I get to sit at home and chill out. Yep, my brain has gone some places. But yeah, not really selfish, right? And I wouldn't want to be the downer of the party. I feel like by showing up for the sake of showing up or saving face, it would be a disservice. And knowing the way I am, I know I can't fully enjoy a night out as much as I love the people I'd be with if I'm just pretty much ready to fall asleep. Hit me up if you've been in a similar situation with the same feelings. So about this whole appearing selfish thing. From that story, one could argue that I was being selfish. But there's more ways that shows up for a lot of us when it comes to the perception of selfishness. So if, if you're listening to this, you either have ADHD or might be learning about ADHD. Not that I'm an expert. I'm not. All I'm doing is speaking from my own experiences and the experiences that others have shared with me. So, yeah, if you have ADHD, then you're probably well aware that we forget stuff. Like what time we were supposed to meet someone, or meet a deadline or two, or how many of us have a hard time remembering important dates like birthdays or anniversaries. It took me a few years to actually remember my partner's birthday, and, um, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. I don't even know when our anniversary is. All I can remember is that it's between July and October. That's a pretty wide range. Not very helpful, right? Now, see, if I would have just written that down somewhere, I'd probably remember. But I know I've written it down, and I still don't remember. But the reminder will come up eventually, I guess. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember our anniversary either. Does he remember when my birthday is? Eh, not gonna ask. We're both ADHD. But seriously though, many of us with ADHD, we forget important dates all the time. Not just for ourselves, but probably for other people. I guess I mean in terms of other people's birthdays anyway. Now, this is just my own speculation, but I'm sure if I had a partner who was neurotypical and could remember stuff like that a lot easier than my ADHD brain could, I imagine it would probably be met with like a bit of anger, maybe, or disappointment. Something along those lines anyway. Okay, so you're probably thinking, MJ, how could you forget your partner's birthday? Now, it's, it's not that I don't care. I know birthdays can be really important to people. After all, it's a time to celebrate and have fun and get together with friends. Okay, maybe not right now, but you know, eventually we'll be able to do that again. Now, if we happen to miss a birthday or a special event, and even if we've taken all the steps to remind us, like writing it down or putting it in our calendars, setting like a billion alarms of having or having a countdown clock somewhere, you know, because we know something's coming up and we need to buy a gift or something, we can look like we were selfish when we forget. I mean, really, how many times have you heard, how could you forget? Or, I guess it wasn't that important to you. Or, you just don't care enough to remember, do you? Those words cut pretty deep. 
They cut especially deep when we know we've put in the effort to be reminded and just try and remember. I'm sure it's happened to many of us. Yes, we forgot, and it's just not easy for our ADHD brains to hold information, even if it is something that's crucial or important. Some people experience this more severely than others when it comes to remembering dates and things like that, but it does happen. You see, it's not that we don't care. It's when we haven't utilized the tools we have, and even if we did, things will slip, and we will slip up. I mean, like, I'll remember my own doctor appointments and my schedule for work, I'll even remember somebody else's appointment. But birthdays, anniversaries, heaven knows I don't ever remember those. Seriously, I, I just don't. I can't explain why, and I'm annoyed that I'm like this sometimes, but that's just a part of having my flavor of ADHD, I guess. And how about you? Are you really good at remembering the dates for one thing, but completely biff on the rest? Okay, so let's move on to, uh, oh, here's an interesting one, and it's pretty common too. I'll call it ADHDus interruptus. Basically, if, you know, you have ADHD, we probably tend to interrupt people. Again, speaking for myself. I've talked about this in previous episodes where raising my hand in school was not a thing. Honestly, it's still not really a thing now. Unless, you know, I'm in a Zoom room where I'm raising my hand to talk. I've gotten better at not being interruptive or cutting people off. But again, that's just another common thing that many of us with ADHD do. We cut people off mid-sentence. We interrupt. We just have to get that thought out, otherwise we'll forget, right? Or, you know, sometimes we get really enthusiastic about a topic or someone is voicing out an issue and then we have a really, really great idea and then... Next thing you know, whoops, we've done it again. It's been pretty common for me anyway to be like, oh, my bad, sorry, keep going. Or, oops, sorry, I cut you off there. What were you saying? And then there's sort of a back and forth if I'm talking to another person with ADHD where it's like, oh, no, uh, no, you go. No, 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 it's okay, you keep going. No, 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 wait, no, it's okay, I'll talk after. And yeah. Then we'll both forget the thought because we were simultaneously caught, you know, interrupting each other. And then we know what it's like to be interrupted and be the interrupter. So, yeah. Has that happened to you? Have you done that? If you have, you probably know the struggle of trying to hold your ideas in your head until it's your turn to speak. Or if that's still a struggle then maybe you have been called selfish or thoughtless or rude because when a great thought came to mind, you just couldn't help yourself. Please tell me that's not just a me thing. But yeah, it is something that we do sometimes, and sometimes too often. And really, it's not that we're intentionally trying to be rude. It's not that we don't care about what the other person is saying. But it's seriously like the signals from our brain doesn't reach our mouths fast enough to get us to shut up. Again, maybe that's only me. And okay, maybe that's a little vulgar. But actually, where did I hear that our ADHD brains are like cars with bad brakes or no brakes? If anybody knows where that metaphor came from, hit me up on my website. Anyway, sometimes our ADHD wins in the form of our mouths not keeping quiet. That's not to say I encourage censoring ourselves, 
But I do understand what it's like to be that person in a conversation that's more than a little interruptive. I know I can be really interruptive to the point where it's almost intrusive and annoying. And I feel bad every time. In the same light, I also know what it's like to be interrupted. And of course, whether ADHD or not, sometimes it can feel like someone is being disrespected or rude or thoughtless. And it might feel like the other person doesn't care about what we have to say when we're the ones being interrupted. But, you know, it really isn't that we're intentionally being mean or rude. And, you know, sometimes our ideas just want to escape in the form of verbal vomit. The ideas want out, and they'll find a way out. And I know that having ADHD might mean that no matter how hard we step on the brakes, we just can't slow down or stop ourselves from blurting out. It's a practice. And with practice, it can get better, but we are going to slip up. So those are only a couple of ways that, as folks with ADHD, we can be mistaken for as being selfish. And we really don't mean to be. In fact, more often than not, the shame we feel when we catch ourselves or become aware of our tendencies can sometimes make us feel worse. Like, so many times in a day, I ask myself, like, why am I like this? Like, why can't I just be normal? But I wouldn't trade it for being normal. I just have to work really hard to remember dates and to try not to be so blurty. Now, I'm not saying that our ADHD is an excuse to continue these behaviors, it really does take practice to slow down. And no matter the tool, whether it's taking meds, covering our mouths, writing everything down, biting our tongues, at least, you know, for me, it, it really does take a lot of effort to really remember stuff and remember the tools that I have so that I'm not being interruptive or anything like that. It, it really is difficult. Using all of these tools is really taxing for me they're essential, but they do, you know, drain my executive functions to try and keep up no matter how much or how little is on my plate at any given time. There's also a lot of shame around a lot of this and, and more that, you know, so many of us with ADHD carry a lot of shame. And it's hard not to feel like all of those things are character flaws. We know what we have to do, but actually acting on that knowledge can be really difficult sometimes. An ADHD brain is the brain I was born with. And if you have ADHD, it's the brain you were born with. But being the owner of an ADHD brain does not make us flawed. It does not make us selfish, and it doesn't make us malicious or rude or thoughtless. There's a lot of thoughts floating around in our brains. And no matter the progress we make, we'll always be trying to make more sense of it the more and more we learn about ourselves. So if you're not the owner of an ADHD brain, please understand every day we're really doing our best. And hey you, if you're the owner of an ADHD brain, keep going, you're doing just fine. Let's talk a bit more next week as we continue the conversation. And remember, you are not flawed. See you next time. Hey friends, it's MJ again. We've come to the end of today's show. 
But if you're still here, thanks for hanging out. Head over to our website to find show notes and additional resources for today's episode. You can find that at ADHDDiversified.ca. There, you'll also find the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired podcast network, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan, and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb. Keep your ears open for another new addition to the Rewired Podcast Network. Check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maybin, coming soon to a podcast player near you. You can find all of us at ADHDdiversified.ca. Join me and the rest of the ADHD Rewired Podcast family for a live Q&A every second Tuesday of the month. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events to register. You can subscribe to ADHD Diversified on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite shows. If you want to support diversity in neurodiversity, share this podcast with your friends, family, and whoever you think needs to hear our message. Who knows, maybe someone's self-advocacy just might start here. If you're enjoying the show, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast app where you can leave ratings and reviews. Remember, ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. We all have a story, we all have a voice, and no matter who we are or where we are from, we can come together to share our unique experiences. Let's keep the conversation going because there is diversity in neurodiversity. Thanks again for being on this journey with me and we'll talk to you in the next one.